I would have a community building platform and then a more discovery platform in my strategy. So what I kind of mean by that is like something like threads and Instagram, I think are really great for community building and like having conversations and connecting with your community. But I think a platform like TikTok and YouTube are really great for discovery, right? Like they're built for seeing more content from people you don't follow than people you actually do follow. So I think if you could pair two of those options in your strategy, you would be really great for not only building a community, but also like engaging with them because they kind of go hand in hand. Like I said, a lot of my growth actually came from my community recommending me, right? Welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. The Audience Growth Podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing. That's marketing that costs nothing or very little to grow your business. Far too frequently, small business owners spend lots of money on advertising without getting the results they were expecting and hoping for. And it doesn't need to be that way. So every week here on the podcast, we dive into strategies that will help you grow a business that's here for the long term, sometimes on solo episodes and sometimes on longer guest episodes. Before we welcome today's guest to the show, I've got a question for you. Well, two questions, actually. Firstly, have you been to a live event recently? And secondly, have you been to a live event in Edinburgh recently? You can tell where this is going. I'm hosting my first in-person strategy day since the pandemic, Strategy Day Live, and it's happening in Edinburgh on Wednesday the 6th of September. While it is possible to get lots done sitting behind your screen all day, it's definitely not the best place to be when you're ready to switch things up and make big business moves. And no matter how much you love a productive desk day, after a while, you're more than ready to mix with other humans too. That's what Strategy Day Live is all about. Brainstorming and discussing your business growth strategy with other women. Also working hard to build their businesses. Experiencing the same struggles as you and ready to help you figure it all out. And have a laugh while we do it. You'll find a full rundown of what to expect at nikkihutchison.com forward slash strategy dash day dash live. And if you have any other questions at all, pop me a DM on Instagram. Now, back to the show, and on today's episode, I'm chatting to Natasha Pierre, whose business is called Shine with Natasha. Natasha works with business owners to help them grow their businesses and increase their impact. I've been a longtime follower on Instagram and first met Natasha at Social Media Marketing World 2023 in San Diego, where she was speaking on the main stage, a huge milestone for her. Natasha, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I've already given our listeners a small introduction to you there, but I know that there's much more to you and what you do. So could you please tell our listeners a bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yes, absolutely. So I started my business almost six years ago as a social media manager and took all of the systems and strategy and my love for video and storytelling and now do that as a video marketing coach. So um, I mentor businesses, creators that are wanting to create more video content, but are maybe overwhelmed, or they're spending so much time on their content, and they're wanting to be more strategic and intentional with what they're creating. So let's talk about your business, first of all. 
you got started six years ago and I know what you do now. Can you share what have been your first steps and maybe some milestones along the way? Yes, absolutely. So I actually started my business in my college apartment. I had a really amazing mentor that I had interned for during my freshman year of university. And she had really inspired me. If I wanted to create my own thing, I could. And at the time, of course, I was like new in college and I had never even thought about starting a business. But as I got more experience in digital marketing and I was quite literally managing all the content for so many different types of clients, once I kind of was about to graduate and I was having the crisis, I think like every college student has of like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life now that I'm about to graduate? I had the idea of I'm so passionate about helping small businesses and I want to take these skills and do my own business. So I ran the idea by my mentor and she was like, go for it. I'll actually give you your first client. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so in that last semester, yeah, it, it happened really, really fast. So I put together like a makeshift brand. I created my own little Squarespace website. I started listing some services on freelancing services like Upwork. And I started getting my first clients while I was still in college and then kind of kept doing social media management from there, which of course evolved into now what I do with my personal brand. So that's kind of the long story short. (laughs) Amazing. So my son has just finished school. He is 18 and he will hopefully be going to university after summer. What did your parents think? As a parent of somebody that age, I'm thinking, hmm, what did your parents think of you going straight into business? (laughs) That is such a great question. I've actually never gotten that question when I tell that story. And honestly, they were always just very supportive. And I know I'd always ask my mom, like, did you think I would be an entrepreneur? Like, is that what you thought, like, right out of college? But I think they always knew that I was going to maybe take a slightly less traditional route. And I think I worked so hard at it. They started to see me posting content and creating content and they were seeing what I was building and they just wanted to support me. So I'm not really sure what the feelings were behind the scenes. I'm maybe glad they didn't (laughs) tell me fully how they felt, but they were always very supportive from day one, which I know isn't what always people get when they go into entrepreneurship. So I'm really grateful for that. Oh yeah, for sure. And on Instagram, obviously that is your main channel. And I know you have over 46,000 followers on there. But can you share how you first got started and how that grew from day one? Yes, definitely. And so I love this part of my journey with social media because I think it's so easy to see people with bigger audiences and people that literally create video content for a living like myself and think that they just woke up one day and was really great at it. But as I shared, when I was starting my business in college, I had such immense imposter syndrome. I was curious what people were thinking. I thought I was too young and didn't have enough experience. I thought I had nothing to share. Every single thought in the book was going through my head. And so initially, I counted off starting on Instagram at all. I was like, I'll just be behind the scenes for my clients. Really? I don't need to create all this content. I don't need to be in my content. And I'm not really sure where things switched, but slowly I started doing stories. Slowly I started being in my feed content. And I had this really big revelation where I realized I felt like I had to look and sound and act a certain way. But then I was like, this isn't fun. This isn't me. This isn't what my clients are going to get when they're actually working with me. And so I slowly started to just start showing up as myself. I started sharing my own thoughts, my own perspectives, the strategies I was using for my clients. 
I started using a lot of video. So at first it was stories and then it was IGTV when that came out. Then it was obviously Reels, which is where I saw my biggest growth with my audience. But really how I started was just showing up as myself and building relationships with the community that I had before it was even big. And I really focused on how could I be serving valuable content to them? How could I be connecting with them, building relationships, and also differentiating myself from other communities that they could be a part of? And I think that really set the foundation for in 2020, when I kind of had a little bit of a viral blip with my audience growth. It was honestly because so much of my audience, which was only like 4,000 followers at that time, were quite literally like shouting my business from the rooftop, which led to getting some really awesome features by some really big brands. So it kind of started by me not wanting to do it, then doing it in a way that I felt like I had to do, and then kind of just saying like, screw it, I'm going to do it in a way that feels good. And I feel like I've really maintained that ever since, which has been really cool to see the journey of. Brilliant. Thanks so much for sharing the detail there. Now, when you mentioned that your audience was shouting you from the rooftops, do you mean that they were recommending you in the right places to get these brand partnerships? Or do you mean more like there was a volume of people all resharing your reels or something else? Yes, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. So just to give some context, I think we all slightly remember, but also don't remember 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe try not to sometimes. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but during the summer of 2020, especially in the States, but it, I think it was really happening everywhere, is there was a really big movement of Black Lives Matter and really wanting to share Black-owned businesses. And so when people were trying to share Black-owned businesses, a lot of them were sharing me. They were sharing my content. They were shouting me out. And that kind of led to the biggest share, which was Later, who if you're not in the social media space, Later is like one of the biggest scheduling tools and a tool that I've used for years. And so that quite literally changed the trajectory of my business overnight. So it's kind of really cool to see how I literally started the summer with like 4,000 followers. And by the end of the summer, only a few months later, I had over 10,000 followers. And by the end of the whole year, I was at 20,000 followers. So then kind of had my next little blip when Reels came out and I did my 30-day Reels challenge. Mm, it's so cool to track that data so you can look back and see exactly what worked, isn't it? Yes, definitely. So you've mentioned Reels there. And obviously... Anybody looking at your Instagram account will see that you go all in on reels, but also carousels. Can you talk to us about what's working for you and why you think that is on Instagram right now? Yes, I love this question. I often find that all the types of content on Instagram are often pitted against each other of like, you have to choose carousels or you have to be doing stories or you have to be doing reels. But my approach to Instagram has always been to use it holistically so really what works for me is I love to use stories as that connection point with my audience. So that's where I like to share kind of more personal bits, more things to just like build that relationship and kind of show who that person is behind the brand. And then when it comes to my reels, this is really where I like to share my expertise, my perspective. I like to shift how people are thinking about video, but also give them small, easy ways that they can make video content a lot easier for them. And then carousels, I actually like to use as a great way to just complement my video content because I think carousels are great for building out what I like to call my profile experience. So my grid pins, um, kind of the visual branding of my grid, and just sharing information in a different way. And I find that those two together make it really easy for me to like test out a concept in a carousel and then turn it into a reel. 
but also to just break down information in a different way. So I like to really use them together. And when it comes to your content creation process, do you have anybody helping you at any stage with anything? Yes. So as a former social media manager, I see so much value in outsourcing. While I always still like to joke, I'm pretty much my social media manager still. (laughs) But in terms of small things that I do like to outsource is I do outsource design. Graphic design is something that will take me hours. So I recognize it's it's definitely not a strength of mine. So I will outline the content for the carousels and my amazing designer will create them. Also for my longer form pieces of content, like my podcast editing and my YouTube channel, I definitely have some support there. When it comes to all the reels you see edited, my stories, everything like that, I still manage everything there on that end and also my email content. Impressive. So if somebody is listening to this and thinking, oh, that sounds like a lot. (laughs) Do you have any words of encouragement for them to keep going with Instagram and doing as many of the things on there as they can to grow? Yes. I think the key is not trying to do everything all at once. I tell people like if you can just do stories really consistently and then reels really consistently and then add on feed posts and then increase how often you're posting. I think that's my recommendation. And also just keeping things really, really simple Something like stories, I infuse in my day. So I know when I'm sharing my matcha in the morning, that's usually when I'll do my first story of the day. And then I'll also take that video footage that I filmed for stories and I'll also use that for reels. So I definitely don't overcomplicate the content that I'm creating, even though I am a video creator, a video coach. And then I also do think that like I've always added on every new platform at different stages when I knew that I had the capacity not only to create more content myself, but to also outsource those different elements that I mentioned. I think it's so easy to see a new platform and think I need to be on this platform right now and I need to figure it out (laughs) or else I'm going to get lost in the dust. But I definitely don't subscribe to that idea because it's not sustainable, right? You could be on this new platform consistently for a few days, but then a month later, you're going to ghost your audience and kind of progress and all that energy is kind of wasted there. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about TikTok, but you'll probably notice while I've created content on TikTok, I've definitely grown a little bit of an audience there. It's my lowest priority social media platform. And it's not because I don't think it's super valuable. I absolutely think it is. But it's because I simply don't have the capacity for it. So I know once I do, I'll be able to add that on, maybe get some support, maybe move around my systems and repurposing and everything like that. So that's definitely my approach to adding on the new platforms. Yeah, I love that. That completely aligns with my own strategy and what I recommend to my clients as well. Because the last thing we want is to be losing some of the ground that we've already made on our existing channels, right? Okay, so we mentioned TikTok briefly there, but I would love to talk to you about Threads. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts so far? So just to give some context, Threads has been around for less than a week at this point. Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Are you on there? And what are you seeing on there? Yes, I am on Threads. I haven't looked at my followers, but I think I'm pretty close to 10,000 followers at this time. So I know obviously it being integrated with Instagram, it's very easy to quote unquote grow and kind of connect Mm -hmm. with your current audience in a different way. Oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts. I think the first thought is that I definitely see it lasting. I think that's like the first question everyone has. We've seen the Clubhouse, we've seen the Lemon 8s, we've seen the Be Real. And I really think that Threads is going to be in it for the long haul because of how smart Instagram has been with integrating it with Instagram, which is where so many people already have established communities. Yeah. So that's the first thing is I definitely think it's worth your time and energy 
if you don't have the capacity for it, I also don't think it's a rush because I do think it's going to be around long term. So if you just want to poke around, create your account, not feel the need to create a strategy, that's kind of how I've been approaching it. But really how I see it is a companion platform to Instagram because you're able to build a deeper community and connection with your current audience because they're already probably going to be following you there. But there's also this layer of discovery, right? People are quoting you and sharing your threads on their feed. It's also now that the algorithm, I'm sure, is very much in its early stages. You're actually seeing and being recommended new content, right? That is probably going to evolve and change probably in a week, in a month, right? (laughs) But right now, I know I've been being in front of and connecting with new people, which has been really fun, whether it's in the replies or people resharing my stuff or just in that feed. So I think it's a really great community growth platform for your current people, but also for reaching new people. In terms of the content, I always like to think of it as like a conversation. If it's something that you'd have a back and forth with, it should be on threads. So a few things that I've been sharing that I've gotten just really great engagement with and it's been really fun is I've been sharing kind of behind the scenes of my podcast recording setup. I took a photo and I shared what was behind the scenes and it was really cool because in the thread, people were sharing their behind the scenes and what tools they used and what questions they had. Some more fun ones that I personally love is I've been sharing a morning beverage thread where I'm like, here's what I'm drinking and everyone was sharing what they were drinking in the morning. Also, I've been a part of ones where you're maybe sharing like going for a walk with your dog and there's like all the cute dogs in the threads. (laughs) But I've also been sharing a lot of things related to what I do and sharing people like different ways to have fun with their content and to get engagement with their content and create impactful content. So I've been taking a lot of the things that I do share on my other platforms and still adding value and tips on that platform as well. All while thinking, I want people to be a part of this content. I'm not speaking out of a megaphone at everyone. Absolutely. The last tip I want to share is I think that creating content on threads is great. But I also think that replying and being a part of other people's threads is just Mm -hmm. as impactful. So that's kind of where I've seen everything. I think there's been a lot of chat of like, why does threads feel so much more fun and easy? And I think it's because threads is really teaching us that we can bring that to any type of content you create. It's not just because it's a text-only app. It's not just because it's new and shiny and fun, right? It's showing that connection and having fun and being ourselves can be something we're using all of the time and it's just as impactful. So I think it's really brought that important reminder to the forefront. Absolutely. I feel like there's this real experimental energy. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking at my Instagram now, having been on threads for nearly a week and thinking, I want to be more experimental. I need to do better with my Instagram content off the back of seeing how things are going over on threads. Yeah, definitely. I like to, in my program, I call this sandboxing. And it's something that I like to do all the time because I've noticed that I've definitely gotten into those slumps of being like, everything kind of feels the same. And I feel like I've been posting similar things or talking about similar things. And so whether it's weekly or monthly, I always like to think of like, how can I do this differently? How can I play with this? How can I do something in a way that maybe I haven't seen done before? Or maybe I can introduce a whole different type of idea or concept to my content. It's something that I think is really easy and fun to do on an app like Threads, but I definitely think it can apply to anywhere you're creating content and is really necessary for continuing to have that experimentation phase of like throwing things at the wall and seeing that some things won't stick, but seeing that maybe it was just fun or also seeing maybe it does stick and this can be a new way to do things. Absolutely. So just to go back to TikTok for a minute, 
obviously you're growing an audience on there as well. But in terms of the content that you're sharing on TikTok, are you repurposing what you're creating for Instagram or is it the other way around? How does it work? So when it comes to TikTok, there is some slight repurposing. And by slight, I mean, I'm usually changing the text. We're adding a different version. Like I'm not usually like literally downloading something from Instagram with Instagram text and reposting it. We definitely don't want to be doing that if we can help it. (laughs) So that's been a part of my strategy, but also creating native content to TikTok. I think no matter where you're creating content, you need to be cognizant of like, yes, you can repurpose and take things you're already creating and make it a lot easier on you. But also there's things that work on certain platforms for a reason that just won't work as well on other platforms. So that's definitely kind of been my approach and my strategy of taking some things that I've already created or taking some ideas and making it work for TikTok. But in the future, when I'm able to give more capacity to the podcast, I'm kind of going to be using it as more of like a behind the scenes into my business. So let's here I'm a video coach, but here's how I've created my business as a creator, as a speaker, as a coach. So I'm excited to kind of explore that because I think that type of content works really well on TikTok and it'll kind of give everyone a different experience of my brand on the platforms I'm on. Oh, I really like that. So you're going to have a very different strategy then in time yes. for TikTok versus Instagram. Yes, definitely. There obviously will be some overlap, right? Like you'll know that I do video content, Fun. but I'm going to talk more about like, here's how I create my podcast content and infuse video into it and less of here's my podcast episode about video content. So it'll be a little bit of a shift which I'm excited for, which is why I need the capacity for it because it is going to be a whole different type of content flow. Okay, so we've talked about content. We've talked about different channels, platforms. Let's get into the juicy stuff. Where do you make most of your sales? Is (gasps) it from social, your email list, a specific channel? Can you share the details with us? Yes, I love that question. And I think what's really, really interesting is that it is a good mix of everything. But I would say that email is one of our top converting places that we use for launches and promotions and selling. But of course, with the caveat of people get on my email list, not from the random online abyss, but probably from my (laughs) social media content, right? So I would say that email and Instagram are hand in hand there. But I will say that the podcast and YouTube, the more time and energy I've spent on those platforms, but also consciously thinking of How can I tie what I'm creating into what I'm selling and what my offers are like? That shift has been really helpful over the past year where I do get a lot of people saying like, I binged your podcast and then I joined your email list and then I was hooked, right? So it's often that they're going through a few different touch points before they decide to work with me. Yeah, which is completely normal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But it's great to look at your content creation through that lens of how am I going to achieve my business objectives by doing all of these different things? Yeah. So sometimes I know it can feel hugely frustrating for small business owners trying to grow an audience on any social media platform today. Can you share some of your top audience growth tips that you would use today, maybe if you were starting from scratch? Yeah. So I think the first thing I would do is I would have a community building platform and then a more discovery platform in my strategy. So what I kind of mean by that is like something like threads and Instagram, I think are really great for community building and like having conversations and connecting with your community. But I think a platform like TikTok and YouTube are really great for discovery, right? Like they're built for seeing more content from people you don't follow than people you actually do follow. 
So I think if you could pair two of those options in your strategy, you would be really great for not only building a community, but also like engaging with them because they kind of go hand in hand. Like I said, a lot of my growth actually came from my community recommending me, right? So that would be one thing that I would do. The other one would be collaborating. And I think collaborating can look so many ways. It can be literally like um, doing a live with someone or doing a collaborative reel or carousel post. But it also can be like something like being on podcasts and doing more speaking or even partnering with brands. Even if you're completely new and have an audience from scratch, there's really creative ways that you can do that with maybe your expertise or wherever you are, maybe already creating content. So that would be definitely another recommendation. But kind of a more strategy recommendation would be to really focus on who you're trying to reach. Because I find that when we try to reach everyone, it sometimes can feel like we're creating content for everyone. When I really find that when you get very specific on who is that ideal follower that I actually want to be in my community and creating content very specifically for that person, that is really going to allow you to easily, wherever you're creating content, reach all the right people versus the platforms being like, I don't really know what's here. And then when people start discovering you being like, I don't really know what this person creates about, (laughs) but kind of being very specific on who you're creating content for and what you're going to be serving them. So that would be some tips that I would use myself. I love it. Great tips. And so just to pick up on what you were saying about getting really specific about who your ideal follower is, Can you share with us who your ideal followers are? Yes. So I think for me, it is a entrepreneur or creator that is willing and want to be creating their content. And chances are they probably already have created content in some capacity, right? But they're struggling with very specific things of maybe I don't want to spend a lot of time on social media, or I really want to be present in my life. And I want to be off social media on the weekends. I don't want to be constantly creating content, but I know that I have something of value and impact to share. So those are definitely some common threads. And and some of the interests that I share that I know my audience are typically interested in is they're interested in entrepreneur wellness. So like, how do you take care of yourself with your routines and your rituals inside your day as an entrepreneur? I talk about mental health when it comes to social media. Um, and also just running a business. And then I also share fun things like my morning beverage, because I know probably most entrepreneurs and creators are guzzling down some form of caffeine in the morning <laughs> or their favorite <laughs> beverage. So those are kind of some more like specific things of like what they're experiencing and what they're going through, but also kind of those more connection points that kind of differentiates me and the people that I work with for the type of person I'm creating content for. And what I really love about that description that you've given there is that it's not about demographics. It's not about age or where the person lives. It's about what is far more important, which is that emotional connection, that understanding and making sure that you are relevant to them. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we mentioned briefly about where your sales are coming from on your different platforms. And you also mentioned that you have some brand partnerships. Can you tell us a little bit about how those came about? Yes, definitely. So in 2020, where I kind of shifted from being a social media manager into more of a personal brand, I was able to really grow the speaking and brand partnership side of my business where they're a big part of my income and a big part of what I do day to day. And a big way that I started doing this was by being the annoying lurker. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was engaging with their content. I was constantly replying to their stories. And I was kind of like putting myself out there before they even noticed me, let alone followed me, let alone asked me to be a part of a project or something like that. I think another thing is I've really focused on building my network beyond just people that I want to follow me, be a part of my community, and possibly be in my programs or offers. But in a way of like, here's people that are doing something similar or related to what I do, or maybe are a few steps ahead of me. And how can I build relationships that are mutually beneficial for both of us? And I find that sometimes even if you're not in the right room, like someone you might know might be in that room and might be able to recommend you or refer you or bring those opportunities to be. And I really think it came down to how I've been creating content. Initially, I was sharing behind the scenes of social media management. And then I was maybe sharing tips and hacks and how to do this on Instagram and then latest Instagram updates. And my content has made a really big shift since then of like, here's how to think about your Instagram content. Or here's a perspective you maybe haven't approached when it comes to video content. So it's been really easy for brands and for speaking opportunities to see how I would actually speak, literally, because I'm speaking in my content and maybe not just doing like lip sync trends and things like that. Um, I've really been leaning more into original content where that's like 99% of my content. But also with the type of content that I'm delivering in terms of the topics and things that I'm talking about. So I think those three things have really been helpful for making that a really big part of my business now. And... Final question then, you mentioned briefly you have some programs. I know you have various different courses. Can you talk to us about how people can work with you? Yes, absolutely. So I have two main programs, which kind of relate back to a lot of the things that we were talking about today. So I have my video content camp, which is my signature program that helps entrepreneurs and creators create a video strategy that's not overwhelming and that helps get them results. So we talk about strategy systems and how to essentially create original video content without needing trends to create it. And then in terms of kind of more brand speaking and part of things, I do have the online authority mastermind where essentially I teach people that are already creating content. They're already really established in business and they're wanting to scale. And they're wondering, how do I get my foot in the door when it comes to speaking and brand partnerships and growing my career beyond just what I do in my business? And so that's essentially what I help my mastermind clients do. So those are the two main ways to work with me. And then of course, all of my content are really great places to learn for free in terms of YouTube, Instagram, my podcast. And I even have a free challenge, which I feel like is a really great introduction to what I do in terms of starting to create video content in a really easy way. Oh, fantastic. And we will share links to all of those in the show notes so that the listeners can go and check you out. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Natasha. It's really great to hear the behind the scenes from someone who is using very specific content in a really strategic way to get great results and growth. So thanks for sharing so openly today. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Natasha. It's great to hear the behind the scenes from someone who's using a specific platform to get really great results and growth. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Natasha and me. I'll be back next week, this time with a solo episode, and I'd love to see you back here then. And remember to head over and take a look at Strategy Day Live now, because how fun would it be to spend the day working on your business together in Edinburgh? Let's do it. 
Have a great week and I'll see you again at 7am next Friday for the next episode. Until then, take care and keep marketing.